Youth ministry can always use some big ideas. Ideas that are faithful to relational ministry, but also provide some crazy, fun, and life-giving resources for youth leaders, youth in leadership, and the church. Now that's religion. This is the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Podcast. Your source for information, discussion, and feedback in youth ministry of all shapes and sizes. Now, here are your hosts, Michelle Thomas-Bush and Cliff Haddocks. Welcome to the Big Ideas and Youth Ministry Podcast. We have got a heck of an episode for you today. We've got Allison Billings and Genevieve Brooks with us a little bit later on to talk about volunteering. And uh, we've got, as we have had in this new second season of the Big Ideas Youth Ministry Podcast, Michelle Thomas-Bush and myself have got it. We are kicking off with a top five list. And this is this falls in the category of top five lists that you probably wish that you didn't have to worry about, but at right. some point you may have to. Well, is, you all need to, you know, discipline at some point. Yeah. And so. you don't want this is one of those cases where you don't wanna you don't wanna figure out, oh, I should have had a fire extinguisher while there's a fire burning in the kitchen. You should right, already right. have this ready to go. So we're talking five ways to look at disciplining youth. All right, so I'm going to start with the number five. The fifth way is to always keep things positive. Instead of saying, hey, don't sit on the tables or don't stand on the tables, you can say, everybody's feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. And you do it so that the, it's a statement and it just keeps it positive and you're not yelling at them all the time. In line with everyone being a part of that, also make sure everyone's a part of the creation of what the code of conduct or the covenant is going to be for the ethos of your meetings, of your mission trips, etc. If they are part of the formation of that, in theory, that that gives them buy-in. And who knows? Maybe they'll think of something that you should have put on the list that you didn't think yeah, of. Yeah, sometimes they come up with pretty creative things to add, and and then they want to make sure everybody stays to it. Yes, yes. I'd say the number three one is empower all adults to be a true leader, not just a warm body. Um, and hopefully we're going to talk about this with Genevieve and Allison a little bit later, but own your role as a youth leader. I get so frustrated if, you know, I'm on a trip and somebody says, you know, well, Cliff said no cell phones, but, you know, so let me take your cell phone. That means I really want you to have cell phones, but Cliff mm-hmm. said no. Yep. And yep. so so don't deflect responsibility or throw another leader under the bus own your leadership, and then also don't keep secrets from other adults. So if you know that somebody was going back behind the cabin drinking, don't say, well, didn't you know they were doing that? I knew. Um, Tell the adults. um, Be a part of a team. What's number two, Cliff? Well, I was about to say, that ties into one of my biggest pet peeves of ministry and youth ministry at large, is the folks who, and 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 I'm trusting if you're listening to this, you will hear this the way I mean it. Mm-hmm. Our kids have enough buddies. They occasionally yeah. need some leaders. So sometimes we have to be the quote unquote bad guy, bad girl, whatever, the one who's going to, you know, be a bit of a buzzkill, but it's for everyone's safety. It's for proper boundaries. It's for, you know, so yeah, don't hang the other youth leader out to drive and make yourself the cool youth leader. That's Um, that's not long-term. That is not sustainable. Uh, The other thing to remember on the other side is that youth are who youth are. They are busy. They are loud. They are energetic. Uh, We want to celebrate that energy, not so much quash it, um, but we want to give them moments to be loud and crazy. And, but then also transition into more of a, 
uh, stop and breathe space. Uh, it can't always be a hundred percent all the time. We've got to have right. some downtime. And we yeah, gotta, sometimes and you need we're to move space. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you have to move into conversation. So yeah, I get that. But I love. I mean, we're in youth ministry because we love youth and we love that they're weird and crazy and loud. Yeah, that's the best part of ministry is they have energy that that we've forgotten about. Yeah, I mean, we 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 talked about it just last week on the pilgrimage episode, mm-hmm. where the people who have different types of ways they engage, how the introverts were just so exhausted by yeah. the constant go of everybody, and they needed their space. So this is a matter of proper, you know being a proper community by us having our slower, lower time, we're also making certain that the people that need that as part of mm-hmm. their just well-being get that as well. Yes. And so hopefully, again, that ties into the covenant, the reminder that we're all part of the community, and a reminder that we're all in this together. The number one thing, Cliff, is timeout. I think timeout is our best approach for most discipline. It could be, you know, that you, Cliff, are talking too much, and I need to give you a timeout, like, hey, why don't you and this youth leader go and set up drinks because you need to be out of the room so we can finish the conversation. Or it could be, you know what, you, we did catch you drinking and it's not good to send you home because you're going back to an environment. So we're going to give you a timeout and you're going to stay with an adult for the next three days. Um, Every minute that you're outside of sleeping, you're elbow to elbow with an adult. And um, that's a timeout too. So if your youth is acting up, have them sit with you, stay beside you or another adult and pair them with an adult. Um, I'm a, I'm a bump and give a bonus uh, tip for uh, the top five list. So timeout for everything. But at nighttime on a trip, I'm thinking nighttime with middle school specifically, but high school too sometimes. Um, I would encourage you to start with a children's story or a meditation to end the night so that they're not ramped up. And it's still kind of the timeout approach. Like you, if they're talking, they're in a, all in a room. You have, you know, 20 kids in one room. It's hard to get them to settle down. So you give a warning, then you stand in the doorway, then you pull a chair next to the person who um, is talking so much. So if you have somebody, it's the same thing you do if they're in a room and you're leading a devotion, but it's nighttime, you just pull a chair up and you sit beside him. It's like time out with this adult. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as a last, last resort, you move their bed to another location just to mm-hmm. give them a true time out. I, I, I also want to add this as an asterisk, and this is a lesson I have learned as a parent and as a youth leader. Do not threaten a consequence if you are not willing to follow through on it. That's right. Um, Don't say, I'll turn this whole bus around and we'll all go home because they know you're not going to do that unless you actually do do that. Um, One of my oldest consequences that I have always held to, and I mean it, and they know I mean it, if you break a big enough rule, you will be the one that calls your parents to tell them why they have to come pick you up. That's right. And I've had to do that. I've had to do that. And they know that it's real. And and this is not me wanting to say scare the kids, but this is us as a leader reminding, don't throw out an empty threat of a consequence that you are not willing to follow through, hoping that that will have the effect of making them behave. You've got to, you've got to make certain it's an appropriate response to what they're doing and follow through every time. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons we're giving out this list is that you don't want to send a kid home. You know, no, you, you want don't. them to have the space for 
ministry and faith formation and relationships, but so you're setting everybody up for the best result. Um, but sometimes there is a young person who's not remorseful, uh, who, who doesn't really want to be there. We had a young person on a trip who, you know, jumped off a, a bridge, a small bridge in a, in a park and into the water, went swimming. Um, and he was like, I've been at camp for six weeks and I want to go home. And he couldn't figure out how to get his mom to listen to him. So he did something that would get him sent home. Wow. And so we did send him home, but we told him, we know you want to go home. We're not sending you home as a punishment because we love you, but we are sending you home because we are hearing that you, this would be good for you. And we're finally hearing you and seeing you. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that's just such a hard thing, but we want to love our young people and if we think about the discipline ahead of time, just like you said, it's like getting your fire extinguisher. So you, you know, are not stressing if there is a fire, this hopefully will help. So we talked about in our top five list, the importance of having other adults be part of uh, discipline when it has to happen. But how do we get those other adults? How do we make certain that we've got those extra people to help us? Well, we've brought in people to help us talk about getting people to help us. We've got Allison Billings, the middle school coordinator at Myers Park Presbyterian Church, and Genevieve Brooks, the director of youth ministries at White Memorial Presbyterian Church. It's so great to see you guys again and have you here on the podcast. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, glad to be here. So what do you actually do? How do we get adults to help in youth ministry? I mean, that's a great question. question. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you're here. And go. (laughs) (laughs) Solve the problem for all of us. Yeah, for everybody out there is on the edge of their seat going, help me, help me, help me. So. I mean, I can't, I don't know that we can promise any like solutions, but we can talk a little bit about uh, what some success that we found or things that have worked for us. And um, I think the first thing that when Genevieve and I have talked about this, that we really realize is that um, finding adults to help with any kind of ministry, number one is ongoing. It never ends. Like that is always a thing, no matter what size of church, what context you're in, like that is always a thing we're going to face. Um, But thinking about it more as a mindset shift from, I need you to volunteer for this, to saying, like, how can I invite you to be part of this really great ministry and to join in this thing with us? Yeah. I think that even starts, if you're changing that mindset, then that even starts before you recruit. Yeah. Like, so that you're not recruiting, you're, you know cultivating relationships with people who then you might recruit. Yeah. We, um, uh, my coworker Bailey just did the, um, Princeton's Institute in youth ministry certification course. And one of the things that they talked about was changing mindset from recruiting Mm. to courting that this is such a special, experience of being able to be a trusted adult in a teenager's life that they um, would share their life and their thoughts and their joys and their concerns with you, that treating it more like courting um, actually really does a better service to what this relationship that we're inviting you into, what it really feels like and looks like. And we really liked that. Um, That gave some words to what I think we were already um, leaning towards, but instead of, Hey, show up. And, and the problem is, and 
Allison, we talk about this all the time is like at the end of the day, though, you do need warm bodies there. So you have to have adults that are there for safety. If you're going to have teenagers gathering together and you're going to claim that your church is a safe place and you want parents to trust you with their teenagers. So at the end of the day, sometimes you do just need warm bodies and what your hope is that you get people, um, that you get to invite people into like a lifelong relationship that starts with when teenagers are in middle school or high school that continues on for years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, and that's I think, great. I think right. that's that word courting we use cultivate uh, mm-hmm. because that's a word we could use with youth courting. You're not encouraging them to court their friends. Right. Um, so it's about cultivating. And we always say, like, you know, you always need to be cultivating new relationships. And um, and I think that courting or cultivating adults is critical right now because it's also that you're looking for people who love Jesus and whose lives have been changed by Jesus. And they want to know young people are learning about Jesus and can be changed. And so it's that three-step piece that, you know, you want people who, who's left. So you got to know their story. You got to sit with them and, and listen to them before you yep. even ask them to be a warm body. Well, well and, yeah. that's, and that's like, in thinking about youth ministry and planning, right? Like now you're looking at more of a long range, um, you're looking at long range planning really. And like, who are the people who you want to get to know or who maybe somebody in your church has said like, oh, they are really great. Or maybe they're just a person you're drawn to. And so it's not like you're going to turn around and ask them like, hey, I actually need another adult on Sunday. Can you be there? It's more about how can I find time to sit down and get to know you? And maybe we talk about church, but also maybe we talk about who you are Mm -hmm. and a little bit of your story. And you can then feel out sort of where their gifts are and where they might play a pivotal role in relationships with your, your youth, or um, if they really could be, uh, if they're a behind the scenes kind of volunteer, that kind of thing, right? You can sort of feel out the best place for them as well as you get to know them. And sometimes it might not be that they really are a volunteer for you. They might be better suited for somewhere else. And that's okay Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that it's also a little bit of a mind game. I always, envision that I'm going to have my whole volunteer slots filled up by fall kickoff when school starts. And here we sit kind of at the end of September, beginning of October. And this is actually a great time to recruit volunteers because the energy is so good and so high. Mm -hmm, And so it's mm -hmm. almost less of an ask to say, Hey, on this Sunday night, can you, or Sunday, whenever you do your youth programming, can you come check in and be that second adult? And just witness what's happening um, because I've got to have two adults for our child protection policy and then talk to talking to them afterward of like, what did you think? Did you do youth group when you were growing up? And again, it's kind of showing them this like real high energy in the fall versus in the summer where everybody is out, you're, you're have anxiety about what the fall is going to look like anyway. I feel like giving them that window and that picture of like, oh yeah, this is really fun. I mean, and it can kind of like be a a good sorting tool because if they do not love middle schoolers and they see those middle school boys being middle school boys, like that's going to give you a pretty clear answer of whether this is the right spot. Or if they are too shocked by what things are said or, you know, too militant uh, 
Genevieve, I think that's a great thing, especially for smaller churches, um, to just invite one person. Invite one person, because if you just need one other person with you, uh, I think sometimes we fall into the trap of, let me invite my spouse, or let me invite that one go-to person who I just call on who does see themselves as a warm body. Um, mm -hmm. And we all do that. We all have one or two people that we know we can call who maybe aren't the best youth advisors, um, but they'll be there for you. Well, and I keep a backup list. I keep a mm -hmm. sub list of people who will show up. And if people, especially people who um, maybe get different jobs or have a baby or some life thing happens where they can't commit this upcoming year, the, my next ask is, can I put you on my sub list that two days before or day of, you're absolutely welcome to say no and that won't work. But if you can come, could I, could you be on my last minute text list to show up when I'm really in a bind? And most of those people say, yeah, yeah, put me on that list. That sounds great. Cause I think a lot of people do want to be really helpful um, and appreciate the, the work that is youth ministry. Let me back up just a step or two, because if you're in a smaller church, uh, it does take those coffee visits or, you know, how do you do that logistically to get that backup list? Um, what are some ideas that y'all have? Because I think sometimes we're recruiting leaders is hard and mm -hmm. you have to make some phone calls. You have to have these conversations. So are there a couple of ways we could do that before we get to talking about what do you do with those leaders once they get there? I mean, I think some of it, like I've worked in smaller churches and some of it is just like constantly, I think it's this awareness piece of like recruiting doesn't stop at any time of the year, sort of what Ge Genevieve was talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's not even recruiting, right? It's that this relationship building doesn't stop any time of the year. And so you're like constantly getting to know more people and then like having this lens of like, are you interested in being involved, more involved in anywhere in the church? And would you want to just get coffee? I would love to hear more about you. And so as you sort of do some of that, right, it's just, when you have time, can you do that once a week? Uh, and sometimes it's like in a, uh, when I was in smaller churches saying to maybe my pastor, like, hey, do you know anybody who's maybe like they're in a different phase of life? Like maybe they're, they're an empty nester and they have stepped away from a committee for a couple of years. Like, do you think they'd want to get coffee? I'd love to talk to them and get to know them. Or is there anybody in the church, especially starting in a new church, is there anybody in the church I really should know? Like, that's the other question to ask. Is there anybody I should know right when I get somewhere new that might be um, maybe not necessarily a volunteer for you, but they might be really well connected and be able to say like, oh, have you thought about talking to this person or do you know this person? And so much of church is about relationships that just doing that year round, like that's all the pre-work, right? Like that's all the, the groundwork so that if you ever are in a bind and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't have anybody. What do I do? You can I say, think, yeah. I think I, clerk a session. Go ahead, Cliff. I was going to say, I think Allison also touched on something amazing there that I want to repeat, which is talking about people heading to different phases of their life. Because mm -hmm. I, I can't, I don't know if this has been the same case for you all, but I've found numerous times when I have come into a, come into a church that, from the outside to start new and have tried to talk to people about volunteering. Well, my kids have graduated, so I've done my time. Um, and that has always been the model that has been there. 
um so like how uh, there's also a piece of how of breaking that old model down of like well it's the parents job to take care of being the volunteers for the youth program and then now that i've grad that my kids graduated you know 10 years ago so i did my time back then and you know again that's this is all, that whole thing about time versus relationship and all that we're talking about breaking all of this down but i i have to imagine for some of our folks listening right now that's a model they may be trying to break through yeah i that's hard go ahead genevieve well i was just gonna say that um one thing that we did this year, we we do kind of like a kickoff uh, dinner where we invite parents and students to come to that first kind of night. And that has gone really well. We try to make it an unveiling of like the program year so that there's a draw to come. And if you get all the information, you'd be the first to sign up for some of the right. more, you know, coveted spots. And we actually ask some of our um, parents that went on trips who, when, you know, your adult advisors, um, can't be your, can't go on every weekend or mission trip, but having some of those adult leaders come and essentially give their like testimony of how that was as a parent, or we had somebody come who didn't come with their kid to on our Mexico mission trip and like talking about that experience. Mm. So that, that leads into the storytelling piece. I think that, having the, if those folks are like, I've done my time, I wonder if there's a way to invite them. Would you be willing to be on a video interview mm. of how that was for you so that I can show that or post it on social media to the other parents? Would you be willing to write a two paragraph blog post about why you thought that was meaningful to add that to your newsletter? Um, how can we then, if, if the time and the, the passion isn't there, how can we still leverage your experience to inspire other people mm-hmm. about why when your kids are the busiest they've ever been in middle school, you're their Uber driver, how we're asking you to give more of your time on precious weekends. Yeah, I can understand why the idea of chaperoning something would not be the top of your list, but seeing that story could be really inspiring and be like, okay, yeah, this this phase is mm-hmm. pretty short. Those memories are going to last forever of going down the water slide on this weird, crazy trip right, with my yeah. teenager. Yeah, I, we've done that in worship. Whenever I do the mission trip review, mm. I often make. I mean, everybody, everybody wants to hear what the kids went through. Everyone wants to hear the kids through. I make certain that I have an adult who went along, especially if they did not have a kid that was part of the youth program, talk about their experience because that yeah. plants seeds for others to go. Oh, wow, they really. It doesn't sound like they were driven insane by the children, and they actually enjoyed the experience. So. Maybe yeah, I would too. So Allison knows the story, but uh, we had a sailing trip this year, and uh, one of our adult advisors and I were sitting on top of the sailing trip, and we got to giggling so hard we thought we might fall off because she said, you know, when I come home from a trip, the parents are like, thank you so much, Sarah, for like, you know, being with my young people, giving up your week. And she's like, are you kidding me? Like, this is a gift to me. You know, and we were giggling so hard because of what we get out of these trips and parents are so, you know, receptive and thankful and give us a meal when we get back from a trip that they're like, you know, we're so glad you you volunteer for this, you know, hardship of uh, going on a sailing trip with my young person, you know. Yeah, pause, pause right there, Michelle. Tell us more about the giving of the meal. Tell us about that. Uh, well, we started, I think uh, somebody, um, I'm not sure who started it. It was a great idea that at the end of a trip, you give all the volunteers a meal so that if you get home at four, 
they don't have to go home and cook. They get a, a meal from some parents and then the, the parents get a chance to thank the volunteers, you know, and if it's a big group, we just have them bring a loaf of like cinnamon bread or something that it's just a token really. But the best is when they show up and they have a whole cooler for you with, you know, salad and bread and a meal, but what a gift. What a gift yeah. that Allison and I were talking about that too, about one piece of the recruiting courtship cultivating mm-hmm. is also really appreciating mm-hmm. the volunteers that you do have. Um, so that just, I think is really important of saying, thank you, having the kids say thank you and reminding them of how valuable they are is a big piece. Well, let's say more about that since we're on it. Um, because you know, as youth leaders, we don't have a lot of money to put into thank you gifts. So I think sometimes like if you give them a $5 Starbucks card, that's a little bit, you've done, you've spent a week with my young people and, you know, um, you've invested 24 hours a day, you know, and we're giving you just a little token. And I know it's a token, but how do we honor them? And do we need to even give them a gift when they're, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think, I think uh, like the power of thank you or gratitude is really important. And so um, I think some recognition, right? Like every Monday, our ministry, like anybody who works in youth ministry here does write thank you notes. They don't always go to adult leaders, but we write three thing, at least three thank you notes every Monday as just like a way to cultivate that habit. Um, but also like this past week, I had two high school volunteers who came over to work with middle school because I really needed them. And so it's like, those are the people I'm going to thank this week. Like, I recognize that you did this or that you went above and beyond or you were really flexible. And so I think a handwritten note is huge. Um, People don't really write notes anymore. And so we get more comments about, oh my gosh, I got your thank you note or my kid got your thank you note or what, you know, whoever it is. So the power of thank you is really important. And And that's a more ongoing thank you. Yes. Yes. Right. Like that's just a piece of it. This is like, I'm going to recognize this one specific instance, but that doesn't mean it's just that. Um, I do think like time together with them too. Sometimes it's more meaningful to be like, I would like to, um, like I used to do this at another church I was at where at the end of the year, we had a party just for leaders. And it was like, come to my house and just come for dinner and hang out. Um, It was not about church. It was about like spending time with them and, and it was small and not super difficult, but I also think it gave them a chance to like grow their community as leaders together, which is important. Um, and just a chance that I could recognize them. Like I see all this, I see what you've done. I see these relationships. Like I see these kids that are close with you that are going to call you when, you know, when something comes up or you're there and recognizing that for them. Yeah, I was thinking too, like it would be cool. We don't do this, but just thinking of ideas in the free category um, of like on a trip where kids do get to know the leaders pretty well, like how cool would it be to just pull some kids aside and to ask them, you know, what are you going to remember about Sarah who came on this trip with you and record and ask them if they could record a video, mash those together and send it to Sarah. Like that would be such a precious oh, thing that would to be receive. Great. Like, Oh, I love you know that. I mean? yeah. Like, feeling uh, that. These, Write it down. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
or, and, you know, it'd be even better if you had a, if, especially with high schoolers, somebody who is tech savvy, who's willing to go around to their peers on the trip and say, Hey, you know, what did you really appreciate? What's something you'll, you'll remember about this person from this trip. And to have that we on, on mission trips, we also send a pack of thank you notes on the trip. And like part of, um, for some of them, the last night ritual is to also write a thank you note to one adult leader and pairing those out. Mm. And then we then address them and stamp them. So we collect oh, them while great. we're still on the trip. Um, but yeah, I think hearing, so with that about being known as an adult leader, I think that's another piece of how do we cultivate not just the kids being known, but also the adults. And one practical thing is to send out a Google form or a paper form of trivia questions to your adult leaders. Um, what is your drink from Starbucks? Um, how many pets do you have? Where did you go to high school? What was your high school mascot? And using that in programming to have the teenagers guess um, so you, Genevieve, you then do a game at like mm -hmm. youth group where they oh, can get so to fun. know them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And our, we've, we've sent out the trivia and we have done a whole family feud night kind of thing just on leader trivia. And at the beginning of the night, we gave them like three minutes to at their table, ask their adult leader that happened to randomly be assigned oh, that's as awesome. many questions as they wanted to. And then the adult leaders weren't allowed to say anything else. And then we kind of put it up, you know, makeshift family feud style. It was, it was poster boards and, you know, papers. But still, that's taped. great. Yeah. But it was really, it was really fun. Um, and, and we did only do, I will say about that. We, we did only do leaders who had been leaders for a long time because um, we, we did have like one new leader who the kids didn't know. And they kept being like, is it, is it Allison? And Allison would be like, it's not me. And then it kind of, that felt weird. So we did clarify like two qu rounds yeah. and we were like, by the way, these are the, these are your six choices because yeah. we only did our, whatever you've been leading for this many years. But yeah, it was really cute. Well, I think what you said about just getting to know them is so important. Um, Sunday night, I was with our confirmation class and we had a few minutes before we were moving. And I said, okay, all your adults are on the hot seat. You can ask them any question you want for five minutes, you know, just because I was distracting, I needed to have five more minutes before we moved to dinner. And that's such a great reminder is they don't know these people. They don't know who they are and they don't know if they have pets. They don't know what they do for a living. They don't, their children don't know. So, yeah, you know, how do other kids know? Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> well, I was just going to touch on like a totally different point that Michelle was saying that they, when we invite people to lead, right, like this is a cool opportunity for youth to get to know somebody who's not their parent. And it doesn't matter like how old they are or what phase of life they're in because like they, leaders know things that our youth want to know, right? They want to know about them. They also might know things that like are great for young people to know about what it looks like to be an adult or what it looks like to go to church or to find your way back to church, right? Everybody has a different story. And so allowing space for them to really get to know adults so that they can see what more examples of what it looks like to be an adult and a follower of Christ like can look like. And the only requirements are really like, do you love God? Do you love teenagers? And the rest of the stuff, like we can teach you. We can teach you how to lead a lesson. We can teach you classroom management. Like the stuff that really matters is what they already possess. Yeah. And pr a practical piece of that is we have added like a 
in-service training piece before youth group. So we do ask our adult leaders to show up 45 minutes before, and we like run through the game plan that we've kind of already emailed them, but asking them specifically like, Hey, we need somebody, we put this in the email. So you had a, if you read it, you know, some people don't have time, but you had, you had a little bit of warning that we wanted to play this game in the gym. Does anybody want to lead that? Does anybody Mm. want to play the, we need two adults to probably be playing the game, but that also, also means that if you do have somebody who has bad knees but loves teenagers or has mobility issues but is great at leading discussions they don't need we don't need young 20 somethings that can run around we right. need you and we'll figure out whose gifts it is do you are you a great at hospitality we would love for you to be our person that sits at the name tag table and just welcomes people up so also giving leaders agency to pick what lights them up for the week. Um, And then that little leader meeting time does give us a chance every week to remind people of just best practices. So right before, if we are going to have a lesson that goes a little bit deeper, hey, friendly reminder, you're not expected to know all of the theological answers. You're not, you're not a seminary professor. You are here. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. You're here to give your best answer. And I don't know is a legit answer. And sometimes just being reminded of that, even as a church staff person, you're like, right, right, right. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, So the practical piece of like building some time in, and then a thing that's been hard because we do have a lot of parents that serve as youth advisors um, is we try to have a little bit of storytelling time at the end. So after cleanup, or if it seems like people have to go, we'll like pause the cleanup, Mm. gather in a circle and just say, Hey, did anybody have a moment that is worth sharing or have a student that needs a prayer request that we need to keep on our hearts. And then, I mean, literally writing those things down so that that next email that goes, out is like, Hey, friendly reminder, um, we're, we're keeping this person, the student may be anonymous, but in our prayers. Well, and also that, that helps that storytelling piece because you don't get a chance to see everything. And um, I don't think whoever the leader is shouldn't be expected to know every story. If you do, then you're not utilizing your adult leaders well. And so that knowing that we're going to gather at the end and tell stories, that's helpful. And that cultivates that community of leaders too. And we do that in a bigger way too at the end of the semester. So at our kind of leader, very informal gathering um, to celebrate the holiday season, we will ask same, like, what is something from this past semester Mm -hmm. and go around of something that you're probably going to hold on to for months, maybe even years. And it is so tender just, and we have to give those leaders like, you know, a decent chunk of time to think about it, but the, the, it's like everybody swells with like gratitude. Mm. And then the same at the end of the year, like what is one moment, one thing, one silly thing, one sweet thing that a kid did that you're probably going to remember for a while after this year. And we even had to do it on zoom, uh, last uh, year. Yeah. And last year I was about to go on sabbatical. So it was like, let's just get together and tell some stories. But Genevieve, you're talking about the adult leaders, um, sharing Mm -hmm. the stories, but we, uh, have a Christmas party for all the leaders and uh what's beautiful is that the youth come and tell a story so that same story that that parent adult leader knows if it's told by youth and then you know we invite our parent advisory team our small group leaders so there's you know a, a breadth of leaders and they get to see that they're not the only leader in our lot the lives of our young people but to hear those stories 
the the parents or the leaders get to hear that and think okay i'm making a difference i'm touching yeah. some lives this matters well and, and i think fact. right and i think sometimes our parents don't necessarily like get to see that all the time too so also when parents have stories like that encouraging them to share it we took a parent on a mission trip with us and he was a parent who didn't usually go on mission trips like it was he one-on-one and I was standing next to him we were uh somewhere serving outside and he was saying to me how cool it was he's like I never see my son do this like I don't I'm not the adult who's here so I don't ever see that this is what's happening and it is he's like it's really moving it's it's like amazing and I'm I feel really lucky I get to see this and I was like right sometimes I think as like as a staff person and a person who sees this all the time I forget this like our leaders see it, but our parents don't always. And so giving power to that story too, to say like, I hope you share that with more people because we loved having you and this is great. Yeah. What are other ways that adults, you utilize the adults in youth ministry? Are there creative ways that you use them on a Sunday night or Wednesday or whenever your program is that maybe we wouldn't think about? That's a good question. Yeah, we have started asking for very specific people to help coordinate specific things that helps take stuff off of um, the plate. And um, one of the things is like helping to coordinate exactly where dinner gets set up. We have Mm. some adult leaders, some moms who like their brains just think that way. And so it's not an every week ask, but is that something that you can do to help make sure that that piece runs smoothly. Well, then um, you're not focused on, let me finish this uh, devotion so that I can run and set up the meal. Yep, exactly. Right. Or like we ask parents sometimes, can you, uh, like if we're selling something, can you come and handle like the sale of this so that we can mm-hmm. do set up or can you handle, like I'm thinking about like, can you handle sort of what Genevieve was saying? Can you handle set up the, setting up this or can you handle picking up this food and dropping it off? Like, sort of behind the scenes things or even things that can be preset because um, especially if you're in a smaller church, I'm sure some, like I remember sometimes it was like, well, I'm in charge of setup and cleanup and, and running the program and doing all this. And so being able to farm out some of that is, is being able to say like, I'm going to give up control over this piece and that's a good thing. Um, and that like the way I do things is one way, but not the only way. And so an adult might, another adult might have a different way of thinking about it and it might actually be better and you can learn something. Well, and that just reminded me, my grandmother, even when she was like 90 years old, would make pizzas for the youth group at her church. Mm -hmm. And so they still called her because, you know, we don't eat a lot of meals together in ministry anymore. Um, We do more snacks, but you know, she loved doing that and she could make 30 pizzas at a time. And it was beautiful because, you know, she grew up in the day before Domino's. So, you know, everybody would come over and she'd make pizzas for everybody. So I think that's another thing of thinking about who are the adults that you could pull in who you wouldn't normally consider. Um, because, or who can like know, make costumes. I was thinking about yes. that, like who's making costumes, like things that were like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And there's lots of people who help us make costumes for um, Nativity at Christmas. Sorry, Michelle. No, no, that's, that's perfect. Well, well and yeah, I, with, Allison. Go ahead, Cliff. Oh, no, 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 Jeremy's got an idea. I want to You're, you're going to jump in with this. I know, I know. Yeah. All, all day. I know. Yeah. 
Well, I was just going to say that I loved Allison says all the time um, that be loud about what you need. So being loud to if a parent, a lot of times people say like, oh my gosh, I love what you're doing. Do you need any help? And in the moment that can be really like, oh no, I mean, we always need volunteers, but what tasks do you need? Do you need somebody who, um, is thinking about donuts? Do you have somebody who's thinking about um, teacher appreciation? Is there somebody who can be thinking about one trip specifically and asking around who would be great to go on a, yeah, on a, on a sailboat trip or whatever? Well, um, and earlier uh, Cliff mentioned like, you know, you come into a ministry and you have, people are done, you know, you're new to the church and people quit. But there might be one person who loved that one, doing that one thing. And so finding that out so that they can do the one thing that you can't do or want yeah. to do. Well, another practical tip that I was going to say that kind of changed my world in the last year was calendar blocking. And so every Tuesday on my calendar after our after a meeting so that it's fresh on the brain, I do have my calendar blocked to have lunch with some adult, to invite some mm. adult to a lunch or a coffee. And so part of my weekly rhythm is like confirming if I don't have anybody, then using that time to think through what adults can I ask and try to ask like a few weeks out. Well, then you're not having lunch with the same adult and complaining that you can't find volunteers. Yep. Yep. It's building right, the relationships. Right. Yeah. And then asking the people that do say yes to you, who are three people? Give, do you have three names of other people I can ask? Who, when mm -hmm. you think about a middle school retreat, are you like, oh, this person would be awesome for my kid to see? And then taking those names because then saying, oh, yeah, Michelle told me you would be awesome at this mm -hmm. um, is another great way. Um, but it and just to say one one other time, like it is really hard and it is so frustrating and parents are really busy. Adults are really busy and it does seem overwhelming. So this is a hard, this is a hard piece, but it's never too late. You can always be recruiting and cultivating. So we've had some amazing ideas being shared and we've, we've drawn uh, some of them out of you, but really quick, are there any other little last minute ideas, thoughts, things you love that we haven't touched on and asked the right question, but is something is your, that is a go-to thing for you in this area? My only last thing was trying to pair adults with specific student leaders so mm. that a student leader on Sunday night, if I've got a, a middle schooler who just shows a lot of hospitality, I in my head will try to always put that student with that adult if we break into smaller discussion groups, sometimes not necessarily assigned, but just like, oh, yeah, Vanessa, she needs to be with Jessica. They are going to really get get along well. Mm. And again, the practical piece is like having a notebook to write that stuff stuff down that you look back to so that in the moment when everything's really chaotic, you can remember this. And things. I love that that's a positive thing because when we talked about disciplining youth, you know, we said you can partner an adult with somebody who's, you know, a little bit more rambunctious, but to be intentional about partnering so they can start cultivating that relationship. That's a beautiful thing. Allison, you any ideas? Yeah. The last thing I would say is just this idea that like finding time for shared experience among youth leaders, among youth and adults, right? Like uh, any of that, because shared experience is what creates organic connection. And so finding those times and places, you know, one of the churches I worked at, we used to do a leadership retreat, which was the weekend after school started. And we took everybody, I was in the Midwest and we went to 
a beach in Michigan at a retreat center. And Saturday afternoon was just beach time and dinner together. And like that was one of the most transformational experiences that leaders had because they mm -hmm. got to work with their, you know, junior and senior leader or junior and senior and high school counterparts. Like that's really what set everything up for the rest of the year. And I know that culture and youth ministry has changed enough that a retreat like that doesn't work in every, in every context. But the idea of that is where can you find some time to create fun or some kind of shared community building? Right. Um, because, and, and the earlier in the year, the better. Like that's going to help. Uh, and also sometimes, like Genevieve said, like that can also be a great springboard to invite other people to join in this incredible community. I'm going to jump in and share an idea too. Um, we have a parent volunteer recruitment team. Some years it works better than others, um, but they, uh, it, we call it a task force, a volunteer task force, because they only have three meetings. So we invite some key leaders to come to three meetings, February, March, and April. And February, they brainstorm. We give them a list of all the roles that we need filled. And then they brainstorm names. And in March, they come back and they decide who fits in those roles. And they call those people and put it on the Google Doc. And then in April, they fill in any holes. So it sounds great in theory, um, yeah. but uh, you know, it doesn't have to be the youth leader who recruits everybody. And so we make sure that it's not just parents on that team, but there's a retired person, a newly retired person, a not so newly retired person, a young adult in their twenties, you know, a parent, an empty nester, so that there's a mix of people because they know people. Um, otherwise yeah. you're just getting parents asking parents and that's not that's not always helpful because you're going to miss And I somebody. love that you call it a task force and not a committee. Like yeah. this is a quick It's a task force. Yeah. You only got 3 meetings and we're done and we're not asking you to stay on. Well, and that's about putting your best foot forward too as being organized enough to know what your needs are, right? As a leader, you got to be able to say like here's what I actually need and you have to be you have to be able to articulate that so that it all sort of rolls together. Thank y'all very much for this. This has been great. Yeah, Thanks so thanks much. For Loved it. This has been the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry podcast. Join us in the Big Ideas in Youth Ministry Facebook group to be part of the ongoing conversation.